Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. I think it's safe to say that we all hope to be putting this pandemic behind us by fall. But with the Delta variant spreading, meeting planners are getting nervous again. And in reality, to move forward more quickly into recovery mode, we'll need a much higher vaccination rate and a commitment to wearing masks regardless of vaccination status, according to risk management expert Bruce McIndoe. I asked Bruce to join me for this episode of Eventful and to break down the real risks we're facing in scientific terms and what it all means to the meetings and events industry. Thanks for joining me today, Bruce. It's so funny because I keep thinking about when this first started and when, you know, March 2020, when things started closing Uh down. And my mom, who lives alone out in Long Island, was freaking out, freaking out that she couldn't go out. And she was saying to me, I don't know what I'm going to do for two weeks. And I said, you know, Ma, I think it's going to be at least a month or two. And she said, don't tell me that. I can't handle it. <laughs> and here we are, you know. Tell me tell me your thoughts. Um, so I think I sent you some quick yeah. notes. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that we've been struggling with, you know, around the forecasting is this virus just it's it's it it's just strange. You know, it'll it'll like take hold, it'll like go like crazy and then it'll just drop off a cliff, you know, it'll just stop. Yeah, right. And, um, and so, you know, so as we look at this, so we're kind of expecting, you know, next four to six weeks will hit peak and then it will just precipitously decline, you know, and, and, and roll down again. And the fourth wave will be behind us. And, uh, so that'll take, you know, another, you know, again, four to six weeks probably to, to see that, but it could be more precipitous, you know, mm-hmm. could be three to five weeks kind of thing. So, so if you kind of add that together, you know, you're, you're looking at a couple months at a minimum. Um, cause once it, you know, once it gets down on the drop, you know, it doesn't have to go down to a baseline of, you know, near zero where we were, right. um, but it's you know, where things will start to, to, to smooth out. And of course, all of that is dependent on what people do. I mean, that's the bottom line. And, right. you know, if people are gathering, so, you know, we're very concerned about schools right. you know, opening and all this crap about not wearing masks. And we've seen, you know, we have 15% of admits that are youth now, which we didn't see uh, ever prior to now. Yeah. So, so that means that even these, you know, the, the younger adults now are, you know, because of the viral load that this creates, um, you know, are not able to handle it. And, uh, so anyway, so we're expecting that that's going to kind of cause some issues, which is why, you know, kind of pushing this out four to six weeks, because if we see a lot of uptake, um, and then kids get home and then you have breakthrough infections with people that are already vaccinated, you know, what we're, it's just going to, you know, cause things to be more difficult. If people would just wear masks and, um, and, and, you know, that's a loaded issue too, because, you know, actually I did a a report on masks because people forget. I I mean, this is a 
report I did back in May of 2020, the, the masks that you wear, except for a respirator, like an N95, right. don't protect you. They protect others, mm -hmm. right? So, so, you know, this virus is, is very small, but it attaches to, you know, water droplets. So from right. when you're speaking or yelling or singing or whatever, um, or even a latch itself to smoke and other particles. Um, but anyway, and so if, if you're wearing a mask and you're infected, you're, you're not spewing those virons out into the, into the air and into the room or wherever you are or, or into somebody's face. Mm -hmm. So wearing a cloth mask or even a surgical mask, um, that's largely protecting others versus the wearer. If you wear an N95 properly fitted, that's 95% protection, which is as good or better right now in actuality than the, than the vaccines and protecting you from COVID-19 yeah. Delta variant, right? Mm -hmm. So, but what they don't want to do is get a run on N95s and then here we are in this mm -hmm. like surge of hospitals and we're going to get back to the same problem we had at the beginning of this where they were very cautious about how they were communicating about masks. Yeah. They didn't want people to make a, you know, where PPE wasn't available to right. the health workers. So, but anyway, but if everybody would wear a mask, then you're going to cut down on the, you know, on this, so you're going to suppress the transmission. And that's what the CDC in a fumbling way came out with and said, we need everybody to wear masks. Yeah. So instead of, you know, kind of, making it clear why that is um you know people rebelled and mm -hmm. which which they're going to do anyway no matter how clear but others that are like did get vaccinated that you know seem to have some brains um you know we're like what's what's going on you know why now you know why do i need to wear a mask when i'm vaccinated right mm -hmm. so anyway so that so the problem that we're into now for events is for, for someone to hold an event, you have to fight like three battles, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Simultaneously. Of course, one is who's coming to your meeting and dealing with the whole vax and unvax issue, right? Right. So that's, and we talked about this many, many months ago about this, you know, eventually we're going to have to deal with the haves and the have nots, right? Right. And having hybrid meetings, I, I remember we talked about all this extensively, mm -hmm. but we're right there now. So now we're going to hybrid in the sense of vax and non-vax uh, coming together. <laughs> so for for a conference uh, manager, you know, planner, they have to say, how am I going to deal with figuring out what, you know who's vax and unvax? Well, now with Delta, that's almost like a non-issue. Everybody needs to wear masks. Okay. And uh, whether you're vaxxed or non-vaxxed. And so that kind of deals with that. But the challenge that you have is how do you run a program with everybody in masks all the time? So so, so how do you do some risk trade-offs of getting people out of the masks? Mm -hmm. and, and one is that's pretty standard now is that when you have a, a speaker, you know, they can speak, you know, on a, on a, Podium, you know, wherever they are, you know, without their mask. Like if everybody else is wearing a mask and the speaker is there, you know, that's very low risk. So mm -hmm. that kind of gives, you know, 
you know, you don't have this whole mask and muffled voices and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's, you know, a, a rational thing to do. But the question is about meals and the question is about outdoors. Right. So the outdoors one is pretty straightforward that, um, you know, vaccinated people outdoors, very low risk, unless they're in, you know, tight congregated, you know, larger groups. And um, so that's, so, you know, that's fine for the vax. The problem is when you have the unvaccinated people who basically discard their masks, then they become, you know, a liability to everybody. And that's, and that's the rub right now that, where companies and organizations that are putting on conferences and stuff are are really struggling is just that they cannot trust people to do the the right thing and, and yeah. then that puts the rest of the community at risk and uh, so some of them have um are, are doing like rapid antigen testing which is you know i would say you know not all that useful yeah um, some are doing pre PCR testing, which, you know, is useful, but not foolproof at all, but better than nothing. Yep. Yeah. And then what, and then of course, again, what people are running into, and this is, you know, for cruises and everything else is the, the number of fake documents that mm -hmm. are flying around is just eye popping. Wow. So, wow. You know, and again, you know, people, the, the, the mix of people that are going to go on a cruise versus the mix of people that are going to attend, you know, SMU, for example, are very different, right? So I would expect high compliance with factual and truthful information from your population. But if somebody just, you know, really wants to go on a cruise and they really are adamant about not getting vaccinated or not doing the testing, then they'll, they can spend $25 and take it. Uh. I've also talked to other groups that were, were planning meetings like corporate and other meetings that had just said, nah, you know, we're going to go right into the holiday season, you know, November through the end of the year. We're just going to push things to, you know, Q1 2022. And, uh, and that's probably a lot of what you're getting in your survey because that's pretty universal. Even uh, um, like there's a ASIS Europe, thing that they pushed in I think May 2022 that's in Prague um, and and it was originally was I think April or March or April and um, anyway so you know so everyone is in a tizzy trying to you know figure out what's going to happen here and you've, you've got you know eight states in the United States which I think are 60 percent of the cases and of course, Florida and Texas, you know, leading the pack. Right. And uh, but but you know, favorite places like Louisiana and elsewhere that um, you know people you know tend to have meetings and go to, especially as we move into the you know fall and winter. So yeah, yeah. so that's you know, so and then then the other part of this is you know this you know is not you know not going away. This is just fourth wave. And as long as we have a reservoir of people that are unvaccinated, you know, we're, these things are going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and it also is a you know breeding ground, you know, for us to create our own variant, right? And uh, but I but the but the clear message is it doesn't matter where the variant emerges on the planet; it's eventually going to come 
you know, to the developed countries, you know, Europe and the U.S. and elsewhere. So we've seen that with, you know, Peru and India and South Africa and the U.K. Mm-hmm. So, so because of tra- global travel, um, you know, that, that until the vaccine is addressed globally, um, you know, the, we're all at risk for, you know, the next variant. Right. And, um, and then, and I think in general, especially now with the with this delta virus being so transmissive you know the the herd immunity numbers in the like 90 percent you know 91 92 93 are kind of the most common numbers and so when you start getting to that it's similar to other things that we've dealt with that you know just become endemic and uh right and so you know all we can deal with at that point is is you know to squash it as best we can it becomes you know kind of an annual statistic and you know therapies are you know available and uh and and, and more are coming on the market so you know you'll have therapeutic options as well for people that are unvaccinated but still get it that you know will prevent deaths not yeah. prevent will mitigate deaths so that's, I think, you know, where we're going to be through 2022, where we'll have sufficient kind of therapeutics and, and, and treatment protocols where, you know, people will get very sick, but they won't die. Right. And, uh, and, and kind of, so right now we have the vaccines that kind of reduce the severity and virtually eliminate the deaths. As we move in through 2022, we'll see therapeutics that are not going to remove the severity, but will, again, minimize the death. So the death count of this virus will go so low that people are going to say, you know, it's no different than, you know, getting in a car or getting the flu, right? Right. You're gonna, you know, there's certain numbers. And at that point, um, you know, the, the, the amount of effort is going to dissipate, you know, through 2022 because people just aren't dying. Right. So that's, that's kind of the good news. Uh, the bad news, which, you know, I'm, I'm very annoyed with, but I kind of understand where the government is and the media, but the, the statistics and the data now that we've gathered over the last 18 months of what happens when you are infected by COVID and recover. And, and the numbers are just heart sickening, you know, that you're, that we're, you know, between 15 and 30% of people that are, that get COVID and recover have long-term health issues from this virus. Uh, The big one that that a lot of money has been put into in the UK just published a couple of weeks ago in the Lancet data around cognitive decline yeah so basically if you lose your smell or your or the taste from this virus then your long-term cognitive health issues uh are are very present you know in again in this 20 to 30 percent range and they mirror similar decline as with alzheimer's and stuff like that wow that's scary (laughs) it is scary then I have a I have a set of uh, eight studies that I've been following, ranging from again you know neuro uh, you know brain issues, major organ issues, heart, liver, kidneys, circulatory system issues, 
digestive system issue. So essentially, this is a blood-borne virus, and anywhere you know blood congregates becomes a target. And uh, and so, and this is why I've told you know my family since last summer when I started looking at all this data. It's like you don't want to like just take this casually. You know, you really need to have your guard up all the time. Because this is not a virus that you want to be infected by, right? And so, so you know that's why I mean I've always worn a mask. I have not stopped since you know probably you know through this whole process. There was a brief time last summer when I was a little bit more casual, but not now. You know I wear my N95 faithfully in you know transportation and yeah. closed spaces. You know I. If I do go out at a restaurant, I always eat outside unless the restaurant's empty, um, which sometimes they are, which is nice. But uh, uh, last I was uh, eating out here in Hell's Kitchen on uh, was a couple of days ago. And got you know, was, they rushed us inside. Uh, luckily, they had like a little overhang area that I kind of went into. And then it was this deluge of uh, uh-huh. rain and, and lightning. It was crazy. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so 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 you know that's the next challenge that we're going to have as a society is these you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of people that are have been infected by this virus. What's the long term health burden on you know essentially you know long COVID right, right. as they you know talk about it and um, and so. And then how much of the conspiracy people are going to, you know, attribute long COVID to the vaccines, right? Right. I didn't Um, think of that. Yeah. Even, well, even though the people that it's the people that have been infected by it with, you know, what we call high viral load are the ones that are most impacted. And those are the ones that are not vaccinated. But as we've seen today, you know, with all the discourse around vax and non-vax, you know, people believe what they want to believe, right? They don't, they don't care about the facts, you know, that, you know, 97% of people in the hospital that are dying are unvaccinated, you know, they still can't get their head around that. That means that they should get vaccinated. Right. Back to meetings though. So would you, would you advise a meeting planner to go back to masks indoors for everyone except if you're eating and to keep people spaced so so okay so yes the eating part is the difficult part right and so again you know for the two conferences that i've been to that the dining area was way too too many you know i don't obviously everybody's talking nobody's wearing any masks and and it was you know fairly dense yeah. and and i and i would argue for a planner that they should really think about meals if they can't have significant uh spacing between uh people that they should consider like at least two shifts of eating with assigned shifts you know it's you know a you know eating a and eating b to really keep that density down and uh and keep you know people you know again you know like on a 10 top maybe have six people or on an eight top have four people um which is why you would go you know a b because you yeah. basically have half the density um you know then you're gonna you know you know you know and obviously outdoor eating would be awesome but 
that's not always hardly ever possible. So, so you know, a, a, you know, a, a good volume room with low density meals, low density, like fifty percent. Um, you're going to significantly reduce the risk of having everybody in there, you know, jibber jabbering with 10 mm -hmm. people around a table. Uh, you know, you're creating higher risk than if yeah. one person's in there. And we had the, I forget which I was reading about it, but like one unvaxxed person that was infected, infected like 80 people at yeah. some event. Uh, right. Sure that, that. that was early on that Boston Scientific Conference. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was that. early mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think then they even said it was, you know, extended to 2000 people once <laughs> who they infected and then who they infected. Yeah. You know, it's just like exponential. But, you know, you see what happens. Like I I'm seeing people, you know, they're eating, but they're leaning in to talk to each other because the room is loud. You know, um, they're moving chairs over, <laughs> you know, you know the, the planner has the, you know, every other space empty and they bring chairs from another table to fill it in and sit with their friends. I mean, it's a, a bit of human nature. And you've said before that that's the problem is, uh, is these humans <laughs> don't do the right well, thing. Well, just, yeah, they just, yeah. you know, they, they don't way you know risk perception in humans is is really terrible and that's long before covid right mm -hmm. you know it's just like driving in a vehicle versus an airplane you know people think you know the airplanes are scary things and you know a vehicle is orders of magnitude in a true science sense you know 30,000 versus 1 in 12 million mm -hmm. dying on an airplane right but right. since they have relative control of that vehicle they feel that their risk is substantially less and are, are not, or even, you know, no, virtually no risk versus being on an airplane, right? Which is, it's completely lopsided. And that's just a good example of many where people have their risk perception is completely upside down. And, and so this is just something that, you know, you don't see. And number two, you know, especially now with people that are vaccinated feel like they have, they're more uh, invincible than they are, right. and uh, and don't understand and and don't really want to understand the potential you know long term health implications uh, of it, and so they just feel like they can just do what they want to do. Yeah, and uh, and and that's that's the challenge, and the planner is not going to change that. That's like baked into our, you know persona mm -hmm. as a human so, mm -hmm. uh, for better or for worse yep it's who we are so, anyway, yeah. so it's the meals part of it <laughs> yeah. that, and of course and then the happy hour piece of this right. thing is you know that the two things so at the one conference i was in and i did give them you know post review this is, was back in when i was at that conference in utah they had this happy hour where everyone was uh, you know holding drinks had their masks off and you know nose to nose talking and all that kind of stuff, uh, which was not good. And, um, and then the, the other thing was, uh, you know, at, at, at the end of the night, you know, groups collected down in the bar area of the thing. And then they brought in a karaoke machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, so, you know, everyone's like singing and laughing and drinking and no mess. Right. So, so that's where the risks were not, not, the meeting itself yeah. at all and, and even there even in the dining it was only about you know 50 or 60 people they had 
uh, two large rooms. It was spread out. Um, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, perfect in the sense of density, but, you know, had a good volume and, 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 and a, you know, good airflow in the room. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, that was lower risk than the other two activities. But, but when you start taking a group of people that, you know, go from dinner, then go to this, oh no, happy hour, then go to dinner, then do the thing with the prior ones, you know, that, that accumulated dose, what we call infectious dose level, uh, took time, you know, to mm-hmm. accumulate in, in these prior uh, you know, the original and the variants that we've been dealing with up till Delta. The Delta one is so infectious that just 15 minutes huh. in the in the proximity of somebody that's, you know, throwing out a lot of virons, you're going to get infectious dose and off you go. And because it accumulates in the throat and in the nasal passage is why uh, even vaccinated people can throw off enough virons to infect others, right? right? Especially well, infect others, primarily unvaxxed people, not so much vaccinated people. But um, so anyway, so this Delta is just really miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as in transmission. Anyway, so that's. Okay. A Trump <laughs> through COVID. <laughs> when I. Uh, was at a dinner recently indoors you know i wore my mask except when i was eating right and um and people were asking me like well why are you doing that and then i would you know give them the five minute dissertation of why why this is the case you know and and they're like okay but then they didn't do it i have been i have been also i went into the supermarket yesterday i mean and i'm vaccinated but i went into the supermarket with my mask on and a woman was like do we have to wear masks you know, I said, no, I just prefer to, you know, because it's scary. You know, why not? Yeah. We got used to it. You know, we got used to it before. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Why not? Like, we don't know what we don't know, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, 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 what was it, the Rumsfeld with his unknown unknowns. It's like, is it really that difficult to just wear a mask when you're in the presence of others? And right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'd, I'd sooner do that than for the rest of my life, deal with some lingering health problem. Right, right, right. right. So, yeah. Well, it's always great to talk to you, Bruce. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.